When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the Revelation Station on Diddy TV, live from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm absolutely thrilled tonight to have my buddy, I hope I, I call you my buddy, can I? You, you better. The, the, the great Boo Mitchell, son of Willie Mitchell, and uh, what an honor it is to have you here, man. Well, thank you, uh, Rev, it's an honor to be here, brother. All right, well, you know what? We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, aren't we? Yeah, let's get to it. You know, people have been uh, asking, they want to know if there's uh, some connection between the Great Pyramids of Egypt and uh, Royal Studio. Maybe a slight connection, yeah. Yeah, I know you're kind of keeping it on the down. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, uh, you know what? What would be nice is if we could uh, roll a little bit of that... Uh, that uh, project that we did at uh, Royal Studio. A little Ain't No Secret with uh, Willie and Boo at work and uh, Deering and Down. Let's, let's see it. We're not computerized, man. Do the shit, let's get out of here. Let's go. <laughs>
You know what? That was uh, that was like going to the mountaintop. I must say, I gotta uh, share that with everybody. That uh, I'd, uh, a friend of a, a, a very good friend of ours, Jonathan Ciamatero. Oh yeah, Johnny. who uh, has uh, played in all kinds of different bands, you know, uh, and uh, uh, Johnny the Dolphin, right? Oh yeah, Dolphin boy. <laughs> but uh, he told me that uh, uh, you know he he'd been doing some stuff with him. And I said, man, I would love. Man, I would love to meet Boo Mitchell, man. Do you think you could, you know, uh, make that little dream come true and go see the studio? It was just so exciting because I grew up, man. I grew up on all that stuff. And just, you know, it was just, it was a gushy honor, man. And he put that together. I mean, you said, bring it on, man. And, and so, and that's how that, that all that uh, ensued and transpired. And it was really beautiful, man. And, yeah, it, it was. And, and I have... Um so I recorded Johnny with uh, Minivan Blues Band, and I was, you know, it was the first time I had kind of stepped into a different realm of music than what I was used to. And when I met you guys, it was just like, okay, this is going to be a step cooler, so bring it on. So God bless Johnny. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, obviously, to the, the, the serendipity of the whole thing, I've, I, uh, Believe me, if, if anyone doubts that, <laughs> they, they better re-examine that because uh, it's just undeniable the power of, you know, the timing of that, coming to the studio and, and getting to meet, you know, your father and getting to actually meet him and be, become friends with him was just, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. That's back to that pyramid thing. There's so much uh, stuff like that happens in Memphis. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, people from big industry like Hollywood or major record companies, they come to Memphis with one, you know, to do a project and they'll have one idea and, you know, thing, unexpected things will happen just to take it to another level that you can't plan, you can't, um, you know, you just, it, it just, thing, magic things happen in Memphis. So. They get magnetized. Yeah, Memphisized. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know what, uh, I know that uh, I never tire of hearing uh, stories about you, uh, uh, you know, working with your dad and coming to, coming to, to work with him and, and how the spell was cast on you. And obviously, you know, it's in your, in your genes, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, um, I think the first, uh, the first bite of the studio bug um, I got, I was probably eight or nine years old. Uh, that's when the control room was upstairs. And... I remember the movie Star Wars came out. So when I went to see Star Wars, you know, the, the inside of the Millennium Falcon looked like the I studio with all the it. LED lights and stuff. I was like, man, it looks like where Pop works. I think I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some truth to that, isn't there, isn't there? Man, that's wild. Well, what, uh, what, uh, at one time you were telling me about how you studied, you know, certain albums, like, I mean, Probably knew them better than the guys that cut them, actually. I, yeah, man, I, you know, um, I don't know. I've always been, um, since I was a kid, into just audio stuff and, you know, tapes and records. And um, it was cool because uh, the president of Sony at the time gave Pop the first, like, prototype to the Walkman. And that was probably in 78 or 79. And it just sat, you know, 
in his uh, in his wardrobe for the longest. So when I was about eleven, I you know snooping. I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And it was all in Japanese, and um, it was funny because it had independent. Uh, the left side had a volume. The right side had its own volume, and I just you know would make tapes from albums and and just listen. So I I spent about um, in my teenage years, I spent about a year and a half just listening to Al Green records and other, you know, high records and just studying, you know, I, I knew every little, you know, crack of the hi-hat, the organ, you know. Magic. Yeah, and it, it, it was just, uh, it, you know, it was cool because that was something that I was a part of. I mean, I did the same thing with, like, Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Wonder and stuff like that, but... Um, I was, you know, I was young. I, di I didn't know why I was so drawn. It was just, I, I guess, you know, I was infected with the, with the music bug at an early age. A lot of positive stuff, man, really positive. I mean, it's, I don't know, I, I've revisited that many times, man. And I, you know, there's negativity's got nothing to do with any of that. No. It's all just no, man, it, about it, love and, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, uh, but, uh, man, I, uh, <clears throat> I know that you've seen so many people coming out of you. work with uh, Solomon Burke, man. That's oh, re yeah. Re very recently, very yeah. tragically, you know, passed shortly after right. Pops. And uh, uh, what was that yeah. like? So, man, the Solomon Project, to me, is just like as an, as an engineer and producer, but more as an engineer, that was like, to me, my graduation project because I always had pop, um, you know, to bail me out. My my brother, I have a brother that engineers and produces as well. Um, he does a lot of hip hop stuff and R and B. And um, whenever we would get stuck or something, we would always, you know, go get pop. And he'd come back there and twist two little knobs and just make everything sound better and it's like how did you do that you know so um you know I was it was always in the back of my mind until I did you know the Solomon project that man I don't know if I'll be able to you know can I do this without him because he was always there to bail me out and um when we did the Solomon project it was like I don't know it's like a, a light bulb went off it's like okay think I can you know I, I can do this fearlessly by myself courageous you know? man I can imagine mm. I mean you know yeah it's, it's just uh, it's like uh, talk about uh, you know uh, it was leaving like, the lodge from yeah, you know sitting get, bull man yeah, you know what I mean get kicked, getting kicked out of the nest a little bit and that's one of the things he told me that um, when we were working on that he was like look man you know, when you're uh, recording, mixing, producing, it's like, man, don't try to please the world. Don't try to please me. Don't try to please nobody. You got to please yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sonic Samurai, right? Sonic exactly. Samurai, man. That's, that's beautiful. Um, well, you know, I think, uh, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think, you know, people, Ann Peebles, uh, Syl Johnson, Ovi Wright, Oh my God! Can you share an Ov oh, Wright man. story with this man? Ov and Otis Clay. Um, Ov is, is funny because um, I, I I was I was kind of young when when he passed, but uh, 
a funny story. Pop used to say that Al Green would want to watch O.V. sing, you know, just because O.V. was a, you know, he was a true soul singer, you know, to the heart. The, unfortunately, the the music changed, you know, the times changed. Uh, disco was coming in, so a lot of the uh, soul singers kind of got forgot about, you know, in the in the late seventies. But um, for the real diehard aficionados, the OV writers, you know, he's a powerful force. That's why I see we got to we we got to help uh, people remember who it was that put those pyramids together, right? You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Really? Exactly. You know, it's like uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm thinking. Uh, we we do have some great footage of uh, of pops. Oh yeah, the great Willie Mitchell and uh, your father. And man, you know what? If we could roll that, that'd be awesome. Is yeah, that, uh, yeah. That was a memorial piece that a friend of mine, Billy Worley, put together. It was um, after Pop passed. We were doing all stuff for the funeral, and um, one of his favorite songs was the Al Green song called Something. It was on Al's like last secular album of the 70s and uh, when the first time I heard it, it just blew me away so Billy put this thing together to that. Okay is that what we want to look at right yeah. now maybe? Okay yeah. we got a request from Boo here. When, let us know when... when uh, okay. I got another song here. Love and happiness. That we can cut it in one take. That was Sunday evening at three o'clock. <laughs> we got out of here Wednesday night. Didn't leave. I said, okay, we're gonna tell you you're gonna preach on this thing. What am I gonna say? I said, I can't I know. <laughs> I said you got love and happiness. <laughs> love and happiness. <laughs> and then we could take after take after take after take. Let's go home. I said, no, this thing is going to be a hit. Let's, let's keep on. I didn't go home, man. I wouldn't let nobody go home. The sleep everywhere on the floor and everything. I said, no, you ain't going home. I said, stay down, son. We're going to get to something. And we got it.
Welcome back. Uh, uh, for those of you uh, who just tuned in, man, we're, we're glad to have you here. And we're really thrilled to have our friend, the great Boo Mitchell with us, Lawrence Boo Mitchell, uh, the son of none other than the mighty Willie Mitchell, legendary Willie Mitchell, and uh, who, who uh, you know, had Royal Studio, man. And, uh, it's now Willie Mitchell Boulevard, and uh, there's a there's a great story about how how this all <coughs> came came to be, is there? I mean, oh, oh yeah. So uh, basically, um, Pop, when he got back from the Korean War, he started a, a band. He he he's had a band since he was like 11 or 12, and um, so sometime in the I think it was about 54 that he came back and. Uh, started this band and his band just became the most popular band in Memphis and they would play all of the high-end um, white clubs at the time and they'd play the clubs on Beale Street and the Plantation Inn and the Arkansas and all these places and um, he actually became Elvis Presley's uh, favorite band so when Elvis brought Priscilla from Germany or whatever um, Pop played the, the the party for it. It was a New Year's Eve party, mm 
and so he he did all this stuff uh up until um i think he put his first record out in 59 it was a label on beale street called home of the blues and he, it, the the song was cut at Royal. It was called The Crawl, and I don't know, uh, Pop fell out with the people at the label and got his contract back, and um, he had always caught the ear of this guy, Joe Coogie. Now, Joe Coogie is the gentleman that started High Records. Uh, that's where they get the name High from, C-O-U-G-H-I. And that, that was started in... Uh, 57 you know at Royal Studios he Royal Studios was a, a theater it's been there since like 1915 so um, they converted it in, into a studio in 56 and it opened in 57 and it was actually opened um, for, from people that were uh, musicians and engineers from Sun Studio that you know were looking to do their own thing so Bill Black Combo was one of the first artists because Bill Black was Elvis's bass player. Right. So um, they had Bill Black and they had um, Ray Harris, the engineer, and this other gentleman, Quentin Clanch. Um, they had the idea to do this thing, but they needed backing. So Joe Coogie was pretty much the money man, and Joe Coogie owned Pop Tunes Record Shop at the time and uh, all the jukeboxes in Memphis. So. Uh, Willie Mitchell caught the ear of Joe Coogie at the club Manhattan, you know, playing Elvis parties and stuff, and you know, made him an offer to come to the studio and and record. So he went over there and uh, started recording. Um, for the first couple of years, you know, it was it was a different time. So they it, he might make a record and somebody else's name be on it or something like that, or. You know, um, but he finally started, uh, they started putting Willie Mitchell records out in 62. And at the time they had, you know, Bill Black, Ace Cannon, uh, Gene Simmons, uh, Charlie Rich was recording there back then. So, Amazing. Uh, so um, Pop eventually started selling more records than everybody. And he, he never really liked the way his records sounded because they had the same you know, same guy engineering, and um, Pop always said, man, you can't tell the difference between a Willie Mitchell record and an Ace Cannon record or a Bill Black record and blah. Oh. So, you know, he was, um, he had no formal training or whatever, and it was in 64 when we, he had sold enough records to, he bought out the engineer, Ray Harris, and um, when he bought him out, he started engineering his own records. And that's when he started experimenting with the sound uh, of the studio because, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the records sounded the same in that era. So Pop, he started putting uh, up, you know, mineral wool insulation and burlap and all these things to alter the sound of the studio. And if you, you can listen to Willie Mitchell instrumentals, uh, you know, in succession and, kind of hear the, the sound changing and he, he got the sound the way he wanted it in 69 and Al Green's Tired of Being Alone was like the first record uh, recorded with the uh, perfected sound you know yeah, just like man, he wanted I'll say, it, so. yeah if that didn't bring you up out of your chair nothing <laughs> you know what I mean 
Yeah, no, that's amazing, man. So that was that was great. That uh, it can be pretty frustrating to be there with that, uh, to see all those paints and that canvas and go. You can't really, you yeah. know, get creative, yeah. man. Unless exactly. so, we, he he got the key to the candy store. He basically. got the key to the candy store, and, and Joe Coogie was always, uh, you know, always telling Willie, you're ahead of your time. You know, it's uh, true. Your isn't time it? Will, will will come and. Um, so you know, during the late '60s, it was all kind of. He he recorded a, a bunch of records uh, for Ike and Tina Turner. I mean, there's the High Records catalog that was recorded at Royal Studios. You know, Al Green, Ann Peoples, Bill Black, Otis Clay, um, Seal Johnson, O.B. Wright, all those guys. But then there's the people that just came to record at Royal Studios that weren't associated with High Records, like. Um, Ike and Tina Turner and Chuck Berry and Charlie Rich and all these other guys. So, I heard there's quite a there, there's an impressive <coughs> amount of uh, Ike and Tina Turner albums that uh, Pop worked on, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Some, I don't know. It's a bunch of bunch of records. Maybe seventeen records. That's as like that. I thought. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. Um, and uh, shoot, absolutely. And you got another. Uh, I mean. It was interesting. I I'd, I'd asked uh, Pops a couple questions about Coogie and Ovi Wright, you know, and right. and uh, uh, there's some uh, interesting stories about Ovi Wright when when uh, they were working on a project and uh, didn't he? Uh, Pops took care of him basically. Yeah, basically the the last um, one of Ovi Wright's uh, last recordings um, was a song called I Don't Know Why. And um, he was sick. He was he was really he was deathly ill. And Pop would you know pick him up from the hospital, and he said, "Man, I want to sing." Pop was like, "Okay," and you know took care of his hospital bills, and would you know they would let him come to the studio and and sing. That's all he wanted. You know, that's all he wanted to do. And uh, he let him do it. And, and some of those recordings are amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, I've had I've. I've heard some. I can't say I've heard them all, but I sure yeah. would, you know, if I have opportunity, oh, I'd be yeah. honored. I'd yeah. be honored sometime. And I um, I know that, uh, wasn't that, that that collaboration between uh, uh, Solomon Burke and your father, they've talked <coughs> about that for, for years, oh, haven't they? Oh, man, absolutely. They, they, yeah, but see, Pop did a lot of, he, you know, during uh, the 60s, he not only was at, uh, high records and Royal Studios. He was doing stuff at Stacks. He cut, you know, loads of records uh, for Chips Moman at, at American Studios. And um, so Solomon Burke was always on Atlantic. And you know, there was a, a, a time when Atlantic and Stacks were doing a thing together. And you know, they always wanted to work together, but it it was, you know, it was a record company or a manager or something. It was, it was always something, you know, between them. And um, I was fortunate enough to meet King Solomon Burke at the Stax Grand Opening in, I believe it was 2003. They had a big show at the Orpheum, and uh, Pop was at the studio, of course, and I don't know what, I, I was there, um, giving somebody a message about a session, trying to find a horn player or something, and ended up backstage and just staying the whole show. And uh, so I met Solomon. He was like, man, I've always wanted to work with your dad, blah, blah, blah. And um, 
So, you know, we exchanged numbers and that was that. And didn't hear anything from him again. So in 2008, I, I get this call one morning and it's Solomon Burke. And I'm going, okay. He's like, boo, all right, I'm out of my last record contract, man. I want to come to the studio and, and, and cut with, with pop. And I was like, okay. He's like, I'm coming through Memphis, such and such and such and such. Get the band and I'm going to be there. So... You know the type of musicians we use, like Lester Snell and Steve Potts and all these guys that, you know, they're veterans. They played on everything. So this is the first time I called them in for a session. I couldn't tell them anything. (laughs) They were like, well, how many songs are we going to do? I don't know. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I I don't know, man. Just show up. What key? (laughs) (laughs) So, um... So Solomon came in, and, uh, you know, this magic happened in two days. It was completely just winging it. They wrote songs on the spot. They, you know, tried to do some remakes and stuff, and it was just this two or three days of, of uh, a love session, you know. It was just... Was there the, just a lot of... Were those guys giddy about being together? Oh, man, they were just like a couple of chill kids, a couple of school kids, you know. That that is so incredibly cool. It's just, yeah. uh, it's funny how long we gotta wait sometimes across right. that big desert till we get oh, a little yeah. drink or something. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? That's, Absolutely. That's beautiful, man. So. That's really beautiful. I, I know that you've got some, uh, uh, brought some great, uh, uh, some photographs with yeah. you. Um, would it, would it be possible to take a look at some of those? Sure. Um, we've. You know, in the past, uh, I don't know, the past 10, 10, 12 years, we've just been recording all kinds of cool people. Um, You know, we did a, um, well, we we did a Keith Richards record, his first solo record back in in 88. Keith Richards, that's a talk is cheap. Yeah, talk is cheap. Wow. Exactly. I Um, heard of him, Keith Richards. Exactly. So uh, (laughs) we've been blessed. to get a lot of people coming back to the studio looking, you know, because they like the sound of it and they know we haven't changed our architecture. <laughs> no, man. It's, yeah, incredible sounding room. Amazing yeah. uh, vibe. And then, uh, so, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've recorded a, a lot of cool stuff and, you know, we'll see some of those uh, photos after a short uh, I think they have live a video, video yeah, yeah. A video back there. Yeah. All right, man. I guess we're ready to go. Live video. <laughs> Great to have you with us here. Thank you, Hoss. And uh, I think the band is Memphis-oriented, right? Yes, it is. Tell me, uh, you know, the Memphis sound, as far as rhythm and blues is concerned, is uh, getting to be uh, as big a name as the Nashville sound is for country. What do you attribute that to? I think it's the musicians in Memphis, uh, also the studios. Studios, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, you have a featured star with your band that uh, is traveling right now, and I feature him quite a lot on my radio show from Nashville on WLAC. Uh, his name is Big Amos, and he's got a great record. He won't bite me twice. <laughs>
man. How cool is that? Yeah, well, that was cool. That was <laughs> man, Pop, Papa in his prime. <laughs> man, you know what? Yeah, I think he came in in his prime, and, and he left in his prime, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he kind of primed us all, too, oh, didn't he? Oh, yeah, <laughs> primed the pump. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I I know that we, we, we have some uh, photographs that uh, we're going to take a peek at, if that's possible. And, okay. uh, and then uh, I don't know if... Uh, We'd welcome some questions. See, oh wow, here we go. Beautiful. Okay, that, that's the upstairs control room, uh, and that's Pop and uh, some of the executives of uh, London Records, who was the distributor of, of High Records. That's Pop and Al in the upstairs control room. That's about 1975, 76. And that is me and William Bell. William uh -huh. Bell was an amazing Stax artist, had a, a bunch of hit records and wrote a lot, too. He uh, lives in Atlanta now, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he lives in Atlanta, and um, it, it's funny because um, I've been working with a, a director in L.A. on a, a project um, that's, you know, putting legendary Memphis artists with uh, younger Memphis, younger artists, and um, we're trying to, you know, Cross the age divide, the race genres. We're just doing all these mashups, and William Bell um, is in one of them. Uh, so we, we've done all these amazing recordings with like um, Bobby Rush and Frazier Boy, uh, Bobby Blue Bland, and Yo Gotti. We've done William Bell and Snoop Dogg. Oh, um, man, how's that one? Oh, man, it, it's awesome. There, there's a picture somewhere of uh, Boo and uh, Snoop Dogg and, and me uh, out in L.A. Um, so we've done all these amazing recordings, recordings like uh, Mavis Staples with the North Mississippi All-Stars, uh, Bar K's and 8-Ball and MJG. Um, so it's, it's going to be an amazing documentary. And... We're, we're going to, um, it, it's something that will end up, you know, being a, a, a TV feature or something like that. Um, and we are currently working on a concert for it that's coming up in June at the Shell, June 28th. Um, we're going to have all these amazing artists uh, together, you know, wow, on, on one show. So it's, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be huge, huh? Yeah. Wow, man. So, yeah, we, we've put, like, you know, the, the reason why, you know, we're just trying to get, you know, let people know that, hey, Memphis is still happening, you know, this is where we came from, and this is where we're going, this is where we are, you know, and, we, you know, it's, it's the birthplace of rock and roll, soul, you know, um, the home of the blues, it's... It, it, you know, it's it's the most amazing music city on earth. You know, um, the well ain't dry. The well, the well ain't dry, and it's still going on. So I'm with you, man. It's like uh, there is no big switch, it's just off switch, is there? No. Like, no. You know, I know things kind of tend to get. Uh, sometimes they seem muted. Sometimes, you know, right. but uh, you got to be careful not to. Uh, People tend to want to block out their own lights sometimes. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, well, yeah. you can block out your light, but don't be blocking out ours, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, probably, it's, it's been an amazing uh, project to work on because I've, I've 
gotten to work with so many different artists in in a light that you know you would normally get to you know you would normally get to do so um we've had uh otis clay and little peanut rapping you know i mean how cool is that and yeah what Seem like uh, I bet Snoop Dogg has a pretty good sense of humor, doesn't he? Oh man, Snoop Dogg is is the coolest, and and you know he is really I, I was I was thoroughly impressed at his music knowledge just uh, about history and you know because um, w- when we pitched it to him he immediately he was like William Bell is one of my favorite artists of all time, and you know who knew. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, um, people tend to people tend to put pe- other people in a box, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and and you know you wouldn't expect you know you wouldn't expect Snoop Dogg to relate with a, a, a Stax artist, you know, from Memphis, and you know you just your Snoop's out there in L.A. and it, it, it was real special. So it, we we had fun uh, doing that. So look forward on the twenty eighth. It'll be a free show and oh, open yeah. to all ages. So. So that's good. I'm glad. Last time we went to the driving together, you had to hide me in your trunk. Right? <laughs> Man, I get so claustrophobic, especially you know in the middle of summertime. You know, <laughs> stay down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Well, uh, we we got. Oh, look at this. Yeah, that's me and Snoop. Man. It's uh, King Solomon Burke uh, on his last CD. Which mic is that? It was that, that that's. That's a, like number nine. That's uh, that's also we have Terrence Howard in this mashup too. We put him with the high rhythm section, so that's that's at us at the studio uh, working on songs. And there's popping Elvis Costello. Elvis is, um, you know, we've talked about recording for years, but he always comes. Uh, you know, we just hadn't gotten around to it yet, but he's one of those people that you know recognizes the history of the studio and just. You know, loves it. So, wow, that's fantastic. Oh no, that's a cool one. It's uh, this artist from Florida, Cody Chestnut. Uh, we did his uh, new album. Um, Cody Chestnut is um, his his most famous thing is uh, the Roots. He he did a the Roots actually redid one of his biggest songs, and that became their biggest song. So, that was a fun session with Cody. We um, Cody uh, Cody Chestnut, yeah, oh, we had like um, I don't know, thirteen piece rhythm section. Everybody playing at the same time: horns, background singers, drums, bass. You know, everything. oh, really off the floor? Off kind the of? floor, man. It was it was cool. So, wow, well, this looks like a fun album. That's Cody, and uh, that's Lamont Dozier in the middle. We were actually um, working on an uh, album for Sir Cliff Richard from England and Lamont Dozier was uh, the producer and those sessions were overlapping so uh, Lamont was going out and Cody was coming in. So. Okay. Oh yeah, I heard it. Cliff, Cliff Richard's been around. He's no newcomer. Huh? No, man. He's, he's been around a long time. He's the, the British Elvis. Yeah. What they call him a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, there's a great... Uh, there's a good shot of... Um, uh, my most recent session with uh, Paul Rogers from uh, Bad Company and Free. Uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's his producer on the end with the British shirt, uh, P. 
Perry Margolov, uh, who has an amazing analog studio in New York, one of the most used, I think, like Alicia Keys and all kind of people, uh, Steven Tyler and all these people use the studio. And that goes back to the Memphis serendipity thing because how I met those guys, um, it was at the repast for Mr. Jay Blackfoot, uh, the lead singer of the Soul Children. He passed away um, sometime, uh, I think it was October, November last year. Wow. And his repast, or you know, like the little party that you have sure. af after the funeral, was at the Stax Museum. So I was I was headed to Stax to pay my respects, you know, uh, to Jay Blackfoot. And they had this like food line going, and I didn't want anything to eat, so I was just gonna cut through the gift shop and uh, you know see everybody. So when I was cutting through the gift shop, it was people standing there and. Uh, Lisa Allen, the, the curator of, of the Stax Museum, was, was talking to these people. She was like, yeah, and yeah, and Royal Studios is still down the street, and, and Boo Mitchell is running it now, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just standing there, you know, and she turns, and she's like, oh, my God, here he is, Boo Mitchell. And so, that, you know, it was one of those things. And they were like, well, can we see the studio? I was like, sure. So, took them to see the studio, and... They were just like, oh, my God, we got to make a record here. So, yeah, man. You know. So, well, that's wonderful, man. Yeah, so, uh, well, that, that, uh, Paul Rogers uh, has got some pipes, doesn't he? Oh, my God. That <laughs> guy can, woo, you know, you're talking about I can sing. Man. Wow. Yeah, when he started, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I did my homework. I was like, okay, yeah, I know this guy's got a good vocal or whatever, but. He's doing an album. Uh, Otis Redding was actually his favorite singer, um, and from his childhood, you know, he first time he heard Otis Redding record, he was like, "Okay, that's what I want to do." And he's, um, you know, his music career has taken him, you know, all over the place. And you know, he, I think he's at the point in his career where he's like, you know, I, I, I want to, you know sing some of the songs that touched me as as a child and um so that's what he's doing we've been doing like a bunch of otis redden things sax things some high records things and you know still using using the high rhythm section uh most of them charles hodges leroy uh hubby <laughs> um so we got in the studio and started recording and he opened up his, he just he came straight in from the plane, set his bag down, and was like, okay, put the headphones on and hit it just like that. And the sound that came out was just like, whoa, this guy can sing. So, You know, and I'll tell you something, he's, uh, what I've read about him, he sounds like he's really into sharing and caring. Like, oh, yeah, back. yeah, like, he's, you know oh, what I mean? yeah, he's one of the nicest people you'd ever meet, you know? Yeah, I've just seen that he's involved in a lot of really, uh, you know, uh, righteous causes, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's nice when, you know, somebody's got a gift like that and they're, sh they're sharing like that too, man, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, uh, are there any questions? Oh, we got a question. We got some qu A question yeah. from the studio audience. Hello. Yes, we have a question from a, a nice uh, listener up in D.C., and he was uh, saying, you know, 
uh, up in D.C., they hear a lot of Philly, of the Philly sound. And uh, how is that different from the Memphis sound? You guys? Uh, uh, the, the, the Philly sounds an awesome sound. Um, you know, uh, Terrence Howard is actually from Philadelphia, and Solomon Burke's from Philadelphia, so it, it was uh, fun to kind of do a mashup. I think what the what set the Memphis sound um, different than most of the other cities, because cities had, you know, Detroit had their thing, uh, Philly, uh, Chicago, St. Louis, all these places. But the Memphis sound was, it, it was kind of a more gritty, it was like a, it, it was a, uh, a, it was like raw, it was like less polished and a, a little bit more raw. Um, and that's what it was his, historically, it was like, uh, almost like funky jazz, kind of, you know, um, and that's what you know. That's what when Pop started doing Al, he he kept that same rawness in the in the rhythm section. You know, it's Memphis sound is heavy drums, uh, bass. You know, more emphasis on the rhythm section and using horns and strings just as you know little accents instead of maybe a, the main type of theme. Uh, so. It was amazing, amazing stuff he was doing, man. And you know what? Talk about original recipe. Yeah, he you know? yeah, he definitely had his own formula. Um, so. Yeah. Does anybody else uh, want to have a question? Uh, or? Yes. Um, we're wondering: Is the studio like um, approachable? Or do you have to be someone super famous? No. Or can you come and knock on your door? Or what's you the... <laughs> <laughs> you can knock on our door. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be waiting with Boo. Uh, no, yeah, the studio is completely approachable. Uh, we've got an open door policy. Um, I mean, we get a lot of calls from people. Um, I got a call from a kid because we worked on John Mayer's Continuum album. And, you know, uh, this guy from Virginia just called up. He didn't know anything about the studio. He didn't know anything about Al Green, Ann Peoples, Tina Turner, nothing. Willie Mitchell, you know, and um, he just called up and he was like. I think I might have met him. He's like, man, I, you know, I, I want to make a record. And, um, uh, well, what kind of musicians do you have? I said, well, man, you know, my musicians, you know, our musicians are world class. They play on everything, you know. And um, it's like, well, so I sent him, I said, I, I'll give you the names. Just Google. Yeah, <laughs> Google. <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so he came, the kid came and cut a record <laughs> and loves the studio. It was, uh, you know, it, it was funny. Uh, it was, it was a real funny thing because he was actually Korean, but he didn't sound Korean on the phone. And um, when he finally showed up, uh, I think I was working on a—I was in another session. He showed up like a day early and wanted to look around. So, you know, the thing went off. I went and opened the door. And we, we get a lot of tourists, you know, from— uh, from all over the place, Asia, Japan, too, right? Japan yeah, sure. you know, um, Texas, England, whatever. So I thought he was a tourist, you know. 
and I went up to the front, and I said, you know, I was in the middle of it, so I was kind of fast talking. And I was like, hey, man, you know, we're in a session right now. I can show you the studio. You know, it have to be real quick, quiet. And I started walking off, and I noticed that he wasn't coming behind me. So I was like, well, maybe he doesn't speak any English. I was like, man, you know, <laughs> come on, you want Take some pictures. Oh, no. He just looked at me funny. He goes, yeah. uh, he was like, I'm David. I said, okay, David, I'm Boo. Nice to meet you. <laughs> he was like, I'm recording here tomorrow. I was like, what? And then it just hit me. I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm so sorry. Wow, man. You. You know, That's wild. Funny. That's wild, funny. man. That's funny. He didn't, uh, just from that uh, John Mayer album. Just from, yeah, yeah. He, he looked you know, and saw where his favorite song was recorded and um, looked us up on the net and called us. And, he, you know, he was young. I think he was like 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. Man, so that's ambitious, really, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of, he's got a lot of guts. What's well, the thing, when you when you have a incredible, well, like uh, like Diddy TV, for instance, you know, it's Absolutely. like a, when you have, like, a, they, they, they do magnetize people and talent tends to, come towards these places, don't they? Right, right. You know, it's like that's what happened to, I mean, uh, with uh, Sam Phillips and Sun Studio, right? Oh, it's absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. people tend to want to go there, there, and it's like you don't have to run and scout stuff. It'll come to It'll you. It'll come to you, and, and that's, that's what's cool about Memphis, you know, it's back to that pyramid thing. Yeah. Memphis. It's true. Um, there's an energy here. There's, there's a vibe here that, has historically drawn people, you know, up from the Delta or, or you know, down from the North. Um, you know, a, a lot of things, you know, the the blues was germinated in, in Mississippi, but it was born in Memphis, you know. It, they, they had to come up here, and it's still like that. It, it, it's, a, it's a music mecca, and it's, it's got so much um, vibe, you know. You don't you don't have to bring your vibe with you when you come people come to memphis to get a vibe just because it's got so much vibe so that you know I, i've recorded a lot of um a lot of artists that you know rented the studio and and came with one thing in mind it's like oh we're going to do two songs or whatever and then when they get in the room you know it's like, okay, we got a problem. What's the problem? I think we want to do the rest of the record here. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just because of the energy, so. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's tough uh, tough to leave, right? It's tough to leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, Lana, did you have any other questions? Miss Deering's here. Hey, you guys are doing great. And uh, I do have a, I have a really tasty question is there is there a name of this person uh, yes this is jay spring and i don't know where he or she is writing from but uh they they're asking if memphis sound was a sandwich which part would be would you be the bread the meat or the condiment the meat oh <laughs> <laughs> It's a loaded question, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Way to spring one on us, Jay. Yeah. I like that. I'll have to use All right. that. You know what? I'd like to... Uh, Jay, you got another question? I mean, as long as you're on a roll. <laughs> um, you know, right 
any we, you guys have any questions back here? I know we've all been we, we've been sucked in to the to listening to you to you all. Y'all sound great. And, um, how about uh, words of advice to a, a up and coming superstars out there? You guys. Any words of advice that I would give it would be uh, first, follow your heart. Second, uh, remain humble above all because you you never know um, where your help is going to come from. So. You grabbed that one right out of my brain, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stay close to the earth. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's, it really seems like the most incredibly gifted and talent, talented people are have, really, you know what I mean? Yeah, have, have no ego. Um, it's like that with the, with the musicians I use, with the, you know, with the famous people I meet. Um, it's always the top of the food chain are the most down-to-earth, you know, humble, just, you know, like Keith Richards, you know, he was you know, it's like when you look up cool in a dictionary, there's there's Keith Richards there smiling, you know, with a cigarette. Or Man, that's what I said about you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, it would be great if we could, uh, I know we're rapidly running out of time, but I was thinking, you know what? Maybe Lana Deering would like to just come in and bring Shushu in and say howdy real quick. And you know what? Just for... Since we had the sandwich and all the meat and everything, <laughs> maybe we could play that Linda McCabe uh, video for dessert. Would that be okay? Yeah, let's do it. Lucky. I don't think Pops would mind. No. You going to come out here and say hi? No? Yep, I hear emerging from... Okay. Somewhere. We're not going to live forever. <gasps> oh, gosh. You got a, I didn't know you had a puppy. <laughs> All right, all right. Man, well, thank you so much for coming and joining us on DDTV, the Revelation Station. My good buddy, Boo Mitchell, Lawrence Boo Mitchell, the lovely Lana Deering, and, of course, Shushu. And uh, thank you so much. Oh, here we got, uh, it's coming right now. And Ronnie and Doug.
I just, uh, that was a lovely Lana Deering and uh, uh, performing with uh, Deering and Dan and uh, that was a great, uh, wonderful time we had at uh, making that video with uh, James Bosto, but we recorded at Royal Studio and uh, Boo produced that uh, and uh, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a gas. And I just want to say, I know people are interested in, in uh, you know, about Royal and stuff. And if you if you would like to, to go there or something, man, you know, Boo's a great guy. Don't bug him. Write him an email. <laughs> Why don't we just show it up cold, okay? There's a little protocol. You know what I mean? So anyway, i got to kind of protect our buddy here. But, you know, uh, write a uh, civilized uh, message. And you know what? If you are deemed worthy, he will answer you. <laughs> but anyway, I guess we have a couple of a couple other questions. And then, and then Boo has a couple. Do you want to actually before we take the questions? You got a couple things that we need to say. If, um, if you want to get us, uh, we're at www.royalstudios.com. That's www.royalstudios.com. That's how you can get us. Um, I just wanted to say that um, uh, the the music community has, has lost a lot of people this year, but the, the Memphis music community has suffered three blows with uh, Andrew Love of the Memphis Horns, uh, Skip Pitts um, from the Stax Rhythm Section, Played Shaft and all that stuff, and more recently uh, Donald Duck Dunn. 
and I just want to, you know, uh, give, you know, shout-outs to those guys and condolences, and, you know, we will always miss them and cherish them for the people they were and the works that they did, so. Thank you for that, man. I was just, because uh, I, I was trying to cover that, and I, I, in, in, I kind of, uh, for some reason, it, everything eluded me. There's been so much. It's been like yeah. a big wave of incredible, you yeah, know, talent. Yeah, and the whole music, you know, with Whitney and Donna, Levon, Helm, just all these people, and, and it just hit us so close to home, you know, in, in Memphis um, that, you know, just, you know, listen to those records, appreciate, you know, because a, a lot of these times these guys are regular people, you know, still they go places, you know, so if, if you ever see a, a a legend out, just you know, shake his hand and yeah, be man. glad you met him. So. Absolutely, I was. Uh, we had a great. Uh, well, we, you know, bumped into uh, Wayne Jackson and uh, oh, yeah, and uh, uh, what a beautiful cat. Those guys are just yeah. really beautiful guys. And but yeah, uh, yeah anyway, amen. And uh, Lana or Tony. Do we have another question or two? Yeah, we have one. We have a listener, um, someone on the Internet that wants to know, have you recorded any interesting Memphis locations outside of the studio in thinking of, like, this year's 50th anniversary, Dave Brubeck's uh, recording Bossa Nova at the Unitarian Church? Do you do anything like that, or is all your work in, in your own studio? Uh, no, I do some live recording. Um the 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 last interesting thing I recorded live was actually at uh, Red's Juke Joint in uh, Clarksdale <laughs> with uh, our buddy Pat Moss. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, yeah. So we we get a chance to go out of the box sometimes, but you know, if, if it's a cool enough project, uh, we'll, we'll do something like that. Wow. All right. All right, man. Well. Hey, once again, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Lawrence Boo Mitchell. Thank you for having me, Ray. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yep. Okay. (laughs) And thank you, Diddy TV in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, for uh, hosting uh, this program, Revelation Station. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Ronnie and Lana and Shushu and Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget. Anyway, yeah. And we'll see you next time. Stay tuned because we got some exciting stuff coming. And uh, we're going to play some Willie Mitchell for you, I believe. Is that correct? Fired up. We love you. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary.